Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. My name is Gray. I am joined, as ever, by Josh. First, good afternoon, Josh. How are you doing, Gray? Happy uh, NCAA tournament. I am a ball of this. This might be an, uh, just a fair warning for everyone. I, we're recording this hours before Michigan State play their second round game. Um, I may or may not be a ball of nervous energy right now. So this, um, if I'm a bit more punchy than usual, that's why. Um, we're also joined for the first time in a long time by our third co-host, John. John is with us. John, hello. Congratulations on not losing to Iona last night. Yeah, that was uh, a pretty close game. Had no business being down five at the half, but uh, Carolina pulled it out. We'll see how they do tomorrow against Washington. And uh, I'm just really happy to be back on the podcast again, guys. I've, fortunately, work and life has kind of been crazy for me lately. But we, we have not, back we have at not it. summarily eliminated him from the, from the, from the from the private circle here. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, he has But it's worth noting, I feel like I haven't chimed in. My team is actually the number one overall seed um, in, in, in the Duke Blue Devils. So, uh, yeah, you've got a Carolina, uh, a, a Carolina guy, a Michigan State guy, and a Duke guy on this podcast. So, uh, good odds of winning on this podcast. Somebody... Somebody on this very podcast may have bragging rights at the end of this tournament. Yeah, or, unless or Michigan wins. If Michigan yeah. wins. Or it'll be Gonzaga. If Michigan wins, you know I'm what, not though? speaking to any of you for a while. You know what, though? <laughs> I like Rui Hashimura. Like, he – I like him. And, and, yeah, it wouldn't bother me if that guy had success. Yeah. Alas. Agreed. We are, we are not here – discuss college basketball because we're, I've, at the very least John and I are very much in the process of recalibrating our brains toward a, toward a soccer podcast here because um, it has been a little bit since Manchester City played a game a week in fact um, and that game was an interesting one <laughs> to say the very least um let, let's start this off with City's 3-2 win over Swansea in the FA Cup. Sixth round sends them to the semifinals. Uh, a very thoroughly miserable first half gave way to a non-VAR-influenced second half that saw City very much turn around with some help from a lack of technology. I think we can agree. Um, but let's, let's, let's start with the obvious talking points. And I'm going to start with John, because Josh and I have both gone on at length about VAR on this podcast at various points. Um, and John, like us, is an American fan who is used to watching his American football with long refereeing delays and people staring into covered cameras and all that noise. And it has basically always been that way. Um so we, we uh, rather jarringly watching in a competition that some games have it and some games do not have it. Swansea, a championship side, despite having a Premier League ground and the capacity to support VAR, did not have it. I think we can agree that it benefited City. Um, where, where do you even start with this? I guess I just, I guess the first thing I'd ask of you, John, is, is 
what are your feelings on how VAR is being implemented both across Europe and in the competition like this? Is it? Do you agree that this is a rather ridiculous scenario for the FA to, especially this late on in the competition? And even though its absence probably did benefit City in this case, um, that this almost arbitrary decision to have it in some places and not have it in some places is harming the competition to a degree. Yeah, I think that that's a very fair point. When it comes to the VAR issue itself, I mean, the Sergio Aguero goal is where I think VAR should absolutely be utilized. I mean, he was offsides. It was very clear from the replay. Where I don't like VAR is where people are trying to second guess either like the penalties, like the handballs that we've seen in the Champions League, or where they can slow down a potential foul to a frame by frame to try to gauge how much contact was on it. I actually don't really like VAR in those situations because I think those are just such judgment calls. It's similar to how in the NFL over here, they're talking about making pass interference, you know, replay after what happened to the Rams and the Saints in that game. And I'm just not a fan of that. I think if, if you have judgment calls, then you should have judgment calls. But at the same time, if you have something that's in the rule book, like you know, offsides, yeah, you should definitely have VAR available to that way they can ensure that the call is correct. So where I come down on it, I just I think that VAR after the successful World Cup, it was heralded as this, you know, silver bullet that's going to fix bad refereeing. And as we've seen, it, it really hasn't. And I just think that the applications of it are limited, and I would like to see it used to determine offsides, to determine the, the if the ball crosses and out, uh, you know, if it goes out of bounds. They already have the goal line stuff, so that's where I come down on it. I think that if the FA Cup, if it's a competition that has VAR, it needs to be either uniform across everything or not at all. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on that, man? Do you, do you kind of agree with that, or do you come down somewhere otherwise? You know, it's funny because while you were talking, the first thing that popped into my mind was targeting and the implementation of targeting and the way you slow these things down in anything when it's slowed down for frame by frame. It looks so much worse than it is in real time. Um, and and there's there's a degree of of of. I want to say unfairness there because what what the foul looks like in real time, like with what you're talking about and the way people want to revisit it through replay, it's not looked at through the same lens. Um, it's it's like I said, it's slowed down. The process is very deliberate and it feels like the defender is almost fighting an uphill battle from that point on because... I, I think you and I have both said on this podcast before that everything looks worse in slow motion. Yeah! And I feel like that's why the defender is fighting an uphill battle because you look at that and it's like, wow, yeah, absolutely. That's potentially a, even a, a fill-in-the-card color here. And, and and it's like, if we look at this in real time through a normal lens, this was just a, a, a – it's a common foul. Like, it was harmless, you know? But, of course, that's not how it's being viewed. That's not how 
the replay is being used. So I do have questions about VAR. I do have questions about, as you put it, Gray, the seemingly arbitrary nature of enforcement. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, just to get straight to the point, there can be no mistaking that City benefited this past weekend. Like, let's just be clear about that. Had they gone to VAR, I, I don't know what the outcome of the game would have been. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I know that, Josh, you were fielding people in your mentions saying that Pep Guardiola should apologize for winning a game like that, which he actually did without prompting. He was just like, right. I'm, I'm, I don't like to win a game this way. I'm sorry if this is the way we want it, but there is no VAR. And there is no VAR. Um, and there are idiots on Talk Sports saying that City should do the honorable thing and offer Swansea a replay. No, they shouldn't. This is how the game... You know, is is if ever if there if look, there are plenty of high profile refereeing incidents in soccer's past that that I wasn't either around for or paying attention to, but I don't think anybody was asking Maradona to offer a replay after the hand of God situation. It just it's it all just feels like arbitrary pearl clutching when you should really be upset with the FA for 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 setting up their competition the way they have. And, and and let's also not forget that City voted for VAR in the EPL this year. Yeah. So um, and Swansea did not. Obviously, that didn't apply here. It was a, they, in sixteen seventeen when they were still a member of the Premier League. They did not vote for it, and City did. Obviously, that doesn't you know this was the FA Cup, not the Premier League. But all these things that were opposed on principle, that suddenly people are crying out for. And it's also not really lost on me that a lot of the people that are saying that Swansea were robbed by a lack of VAR were also probably spending a lot of time complaining about how, how you know, flawed the system is on the various occasions that it's been put in the spotlight on the Champions League. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Um, I've seen, you know, people are like, the whole thing, you know, it doesn't work well enough. Get rid of the whole thing, and it's like, no, don't do that, because then you go back to, you know, then you have this, and people don't seem to like this, so make up your mind. I would rather have a flawed replay system that 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 gets obvious, that corrects the obvious errors than no replay system at all, is where I stand on this. I don't know if you guys agree. That's sort of been a thing in baseball as well, because their replay system is also fairly new and has encountered a lot of the same problems and same complaints that this one is in that everything looks like worse in slow motion and you are becoming very nitpicky about the interpretation of certain rules when you watch things that way um which is not how it was intended so i don't know it's well, how about we talk about yeah, the game let's itself? Talk about the game itself. <laughs> I could go on like this for a while. Um I think it can be told that City were terrible in the first half. Guardiola made all three changes after about, I think it was 10 minutes of the second half. And lo and behold, things immediately picked up because um, Riyad Mahrez remains at best hit or miss. I think we can (laughs) at the very least say that. Um, I believe he was... The third one yanked off for Aguero. Um, we we once again saw why Fabian Delph has completely been excluded from first team 
action in the last however many months since he was sent off at Leicester for his red card there. I believe it was a red card. Um, and we saw again why Leroy Sané, for all his talent, can be so maddeningly inconsistent sometimes, and his end product remains a work in progress. Um, I would like to start with a third Mia culpa to Zinchenko, who is apparently getting a new contract and, frankly, has earned it. Um, and, of course, Raheem Sterling. I think they both changed the game. I think, you know... For all the complaints about the team, and frankly, the team that started should have been good enough to do better than 2-0 against Swansea, I think Guardiola's substitutions were game-changing. Yeah, I'll, ju- I'll go ahead and jump in here. I mean, it definitely was. I-, I think as a City fan going into that game, you were kind of disappointed <laughs> that it took the subs to end up beating Swansea. But when you're looking at the Swansea goals, I mean, the penalty that Delft gave up, I mean, it was a clear penalty. I mean, he got beat. And I don't know why he really tried to stick his leg out there. I'd like to get y'all's thoughts on that. Because to me, I mean, the way that city's defense is set up, even if Delft gets beat there, there's still coverage behind him. And, you know, it's not like it was Mohamed Salah or Lionel Messi or someone like that, that, oh, my God, that guy gets by me. He's going to score. I mean, this is a decent uh, wing option from Swansea. I mean, you rather let him go by you and see what happens and give up a red card, I mean, or not a red card, a penalty. Delph made, made the decision to lunge in and take the guy down in the box. I mean, talk about a brain fart. I just do not understand what he was thinking there. Do you have any, I was, like, I, I mean, I'm thinking ugh. he's playing out of position is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the same thing that Gray and I talk about week in and week out, that Delph is – one of those guys who was great for City to hold on to because he fills in so many roles. But instances like this remind you, he's not a, a fullback. He's not. And, and look, that doesn't mean he's a bad player. I love Fabian Delph, and I was, I was one of the few people who said, I still think he's going to be on this team after Pep Guardiola took over. And I was proven right. Um, I, I, I explained why at the time I won't get into it now, but, um, look, Fabian Delft does a lot of things for city, but he will make mistakes like this. Um, fortunately for city, they were able to overcome in the end, but good Lord, man, that it remind, you know what it reminded me of Otamendi under Pellegrini. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah, that's a good shout right there. Um, just the reckless tack, just the reckless tackle. And you know, Swansea's second goal. I mean, give them credit. That was a beautiful counterattacking goal. I mean, they put the ball exactly where they knew City defenders were going to be. Now, I saw some people trying to give like Kyle Walker. It was a good there. goal, man. Like it was a really good goal. Yeah, but you know, when it comes to Kyle Walker, like some people are like, "Well, he was out of position." I don't think he was. He was up the field where Pep wants him to be. To me, it was the the people that, that were supposed to be covering. I think it might have been Gundogan, or I forget who was, was back was, there. But It was Gundogan and, um, fittingly uh-huh. enough, Otamendi. <laughs> yeah. Who, as I have said so many times, always has a mistake in him. Um, 
Otamendi can get caught up the pitch because he tries to win the ball back and he can be very aggressive defensively. Um, Delph, for, I would say, Delph is always prone to, I think, panicking a bit when he gets put under pressure. Um, that's kind of always been... When, when he's the last line of defense or feels like the last line of defense, he's prone to making some rather rash decisions. Um, and, and he will get caught on, caught cold on his feet at times. Um because he's like Josh said, he's not a left back, and he is not you know perfectly well equipped to deal with that le- the level of pressure that the position puts him under. Um, it, it, you know, the second goal, there were some defensive errors there, but it was also a really well worked goal that you would normally see out of City because it started with the keeper. It it started with the keeper making a good pass and going right through them. And it was all rather stunning to watch. And I do think that there is, on goals like that, there is an instinct to try to find, you know, well, somebody must have screwed up to make, to let that happen. And that may be true, but that was it also takes some good work on the other end of things. So, honestly, full credit. It's easier to give them full credit after the win instead of after a loss, but full credit. Um, I'll tell you what. Their keeper had had a, uh, and really their entire defense. There, there was a leg somewhere. There was a block everywhere. Their keeper made one of the most ridiculous double saves I've ever seen at two-two. Um, and you know, this is the thing that City are going to have to. Yeah, that that was Sports Center top ten yeah. good. But these these are the things that City are just going to have to learn to cope with because, for Swansea City, that was the Cup final. You know, anything after this, if they'd won, was kind of gravy because Swansea City got a home match against um, one of the consensus best teams in Europe, or uh, not Europe, but England, maybe Europe, and they played it. They played like it. They played like this meant everything to them. And you know, I bet if they played like that more often, they would be a lot higher than eleventh in the or whatever they are in the championship. yeah. So full credit to them. That's just the thing that City are going to have to deal with because they are the scout for everyone. Most of the year they've handled it quite well. Um, so, shall we discuss the draw? Well, um, just real quick to Go to ahead. finish up on on Swansea. Actually, I mean, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to Bernardo Silva because that first goal he scored that kind of started City's comeback. Man, that kid is just, he is going to be so freaking good in the next couple of years. I mean, he's damn good right now, and his his uh, potential, I'm going to love watching Bernardo develop. Man, uh, Gray and I were talking on the other podcast that it's funny because Bernardo Silva was sort of the afterthought. Benjamin Mendy was the guy that City really wanted and the way that it's worked out is <laughs> it's hilarious, you know? It's like Bernardo Silva has turned into just such a ridiculously amazing buy for the price. I mean, good Lord, dude. If Monaco knew what they had, uh, City, City... I very rarely say this, but City took Monaco to the cleaners if you use revisionist history. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, right now, Bernardo would be at least, what, $80 million player? At like, the minimum. At, least. at the minimum. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it was just crazy. If you add, if you add on the Manchester City tax, especially after the Der Spiegel stories, you're probably looking at 110, 115 for City. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he just continues to develop. Bernardo is awesome. Um, the rest of the game, guys, I don't know what y'all's thoughts, but, you know, after Sterling won the penalty, I really felt that even though Aguero's goal was offsides, like you guys mentioned, the, the double save, I honestly thought that 3-2 in a nutshell was a deserved uh, yeah. final score. It just, it's fair. a shame that they were it, dominant for the last 40 minutes. Oh, yeah. It it just, it's just a shame that the final goal came off of offsides. I yeah. mean, but really, I mean, City deserved to win that game. They came alive in the second half, and I don't know. It, I, it the does, other thing. Yeah. It, it feels like, I would say, it feels like the controversy on the officiating side of things took away from what was a really good comeback, even if you do consider the competition quality. And frankly, a comeback that a lot of city teams in the past would not have made. They would have bowed their heads no. at 2 0 and gone down. Um, but this this one's different. And they've, they've, you know, I think we've already seen it with a title defense that lasted beyond December. Um, but they they are very, very different. Um, and they I think that they we have to give this team a lot of credit for their mentality as well because, frankly, they could have folded after that stretch in December. Um, the Newcastle, or, uh, again, when they lost to Palace and Leicester, they didn't. They came right back, got right back in the title race. They could have lost, They could have put their heads down after Newcastle, and of course they did get some help, but they are, went right back top of the table within a couple weeks. There is a lot of, of spine to this City team, and I don't mean the way, you know, the midfield. I mean, these guys have some guts to them. Um, more than we have seen in the past, and I think that this game was a very good calculation of that. You need to also add in the fact that this is now the second year in a row that they've shown this spine. It started last year, and it's carried over into this year. It did. And you could you could say last year after they got lost to United and not knocked out of the Champions League in short order, and they went to Tottenham and they won going away. That was impressive. You could actually say that the spine that City have shown this year was even better than what they showed last year. If you just look at the way that things have played out and the fact that they've had to to, to overtake or come back to level with Liverpool on several occasions, when when really the either occasion should have given Liverpool's talent and what they're capable of, that should have been it. It should have been it. And, and, and yes, City have needed help, but you can only do what you can do, and City have done it. And it's just, it's insane to think that this used to be a team that would collapse, and now they're a team that finds a way. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and, definitely. And like, and I, yeah, like you said, this Liverpool team that is challenging them for the title is much better than any title challenge they had last year. They had to be up for it. Anything less than that, they have one loss, and it was to City. Anything less than almost perfection for a second year in a row, um, they would be sunk right now. But they are, they are in control of their own destiny. So can't ask for much more. You also can't ask for much more than what the FA Cup has folded into here for for Manchester City. Um, no. 
because United's loss at Wolves means that United are out, um, Tottenham are out, Chelsea are out, Arsenal are out, Liverpool are out. Um, basically, everyone in the established top six other than City are not basically. Everyone is out. Um, it's Wolves are the best team remaining outside of City, and then you have Brighton, Watford, and City have drawn Brighton in the semifinal. Um, I will pose a simple question to both of you, and John, you can go first. Would you consider it a disappointment if, from this point, City do not win the FA Cup this season? Is yes too much of an obvious answer? No. <laughs> because... I mean, I think it is too, but, you know, some people, I, I, you know, they like to take the temperature. Yeah. No, I mean, the only thing to me is, honestly, I was really hoping that City would go ahead and draw Wolves in in the next round. Because to me, Wolves have been the giant slayer all year long. And I think the prospect of playing them in the semis would be much easier than playing them in a potential final. Because to me, I think Wolves are going to be absolutely up for a final. So if City could have played them now, got it over with, and then moved on, that would have been the most advantageous. But... Uh, it's not in the cards. It is what it is. Um, Josh, I'll turn it over to you, man. Um, I, I don't mind where things take place. I mean, you never know what the Wolves could lose and, and City could have a, ra- a rather simple run to the FA Cup if, if, if it works out that way. And to be honest, look, it, it, you're going to need to beat teams like the Wolves who – while you could say, well, they should always beat the Wolves, in a year like this, this would be a year when the Wolves would pull a Wigan. You know, City have obviously got to pay attention to to their draw with Tottenham. They're a capable team, um, <clears throat> and England will be paying attention to it because <clears throat> it's a matchup of two English teams in the Champions League. Uh, knockout stages, so it guarantees that at least one team goes on to, uh, is it the quarterfinals or the semis? The semis. After this is the semis, right? Yes, the semis. I would would also say that Liverpool drawing Porto guaranteed that just about as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're... We'll we'll, we'll talk about that, Um, but yeah. I mean, so I have no problem with where the draws take place, but Gray's question, would it be a disappointment? Yes. Yes, especially because of how Pep talks about the FA Cup and how Pep um, is a romantic for trophies like this, as we've talked about. And Gray has has hammered home several times on this podcast, more so than I. Um, But I I completely agree with him on it. Pep romanticizes the FA Cup, and it is a trophy that I do believe he wants to win. Um, And you're not going to have a better chance at it than this. It's not just the way he talks about it. It's the way his team selections bear it out, too. Um, Yeah. You know, you could fair. You can talk all you want about, you know, how, yeah, they fielded what Mares and so on and so forth against Swansea. But they also played both Silva's um, Laporte played. Um, you know, that was a pretty strong team. And as, when they were losing, he was not hesitant to uh, to make the changes. He has selected consistently strong teams throughout this cup run. And um, we are all in agreement, you know, 
Before the season, you wouldn't call the FA Cup a priority, but you're here. You have two games left to win. Only one of them really results in a fixture clash is the semifinal. The final will take place on its own weekend no matter what, I believe. Um, so, you know, and you are easily the strongest team standing. There's not, you know, on paper, City should beat the other three remaining teams. So, yeah, yeah I I think we're all in the same boat here. It would be a disappointment because it would involve City losing to an inferior opponent if they don't win it. Um, yeah. So, it would involve them losing to an inferior opponent in a Wembley. tournament that Pep values. Yes. That's more or less correct. Um, let's talk about the Champions League. Um, Josh and I, on a, uh, one of our recent podcasts, we sat here worrying about what City's defensive options would be in the second leg against Schalke, um, given Otamendi was suspended, and they came this down by going out and winning the second leg 7-0. So, needless to say, City pretty much walked their way into the Champions League quarterfinals. And this year, they drew the quarterfinals and the semifinals at the same time. So we'll go one at a time here, and we'll start with the quarterfinal, um, in which City have drawn Tottenham, an English opponent. Um, John, I'll start with you, but I don't, I'll just put out a statement here, and you can agree with me or disagree. Um, based on the quality of the team and the uh, relative lack of travel... Um, uh, outside of Porto and Ajax, I would say, of, of, you know, of the, the teams that you don't really want to draw, but you might have to draw one of them, I think Tottenham is the best of that crop of teams that they can oh, yeah. for. Absolutely. I mean, and honestly, I would have rather played Tottenham than, a- than um, Ajax. Just because of how well City have played against Tottenham recently, that's probably not a very popular opinion. But you know, watching um, the, the the young players for Ajax just absolutely take down Real Madrid like that, I think that they are actually the Dutch a threat and me, to the who Dutch and me won't let this continue. It's Ajax. Ajax, you're right. The, the, I'm the, very the, sorry. The, the, the Dutch and me can't let it go. I tried. All right, it's continue. okay. I was continue, I was John. Ajax. I will get it right. I knew I knew it sounded I knew it sounded bad. So apologies to everyone. But Ajax, yeah, I mean they they took it to Real and I did not want any part of them. So the fact that City drew Tottenham, I thought that after Porto, they were the the absolute the next best opponent. And again, I mean City have kind of owned Tottenham as of late. In the Pep's very first year, you know, they took it to City, but since then it's been very one sided. So I was very thrilled with it, and we'll get to the semifinal thoughts here in a second. But um, and when as it comes to the quarterfinal, I think Sydney are in a great spot, and that's my two cents. And they avoided uh, Ajax, so yeah, there you go. Is it me, Gray? It's you. I would I would remark just to give some context to John. Um, last year, City beat Tottenham over the two league ties on aggregate uh, seven to one. No, 7-2. They did score a late goal in the home game. Um, regardless, neither yeah. one was particularly close. Um, so, to your point, yes. Josh, what do you think about this? I have no problem with Tottenham. Um, honestly, like when you get at this stage, you're going to draw some opponents that, that are good. Like, um, and, and, and Tottenham represent good. You know, they they... They fight for a top four spot, but 
you know, as 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 people have kind of ribbed uh, Pochettino about, he's got nothing to show for it. So in competitions that matter, I definitely am going to take Pep over Pochettino uh, until otherwise proven wrong. Um, this is fine for me. Like I, I when I woke up and saw the draw, I was like, cool. All right. It, you know, I hit it. I hit it with the uh, with the Shannon Sharp. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. You know. I think, yep, the, I exactly. think the travel is an under understated element to why this isn't as bad. Because look, yeah. Um, you know, if you draw Porto, great, but you still have to go to trip trip to Portugal overnight and then back. Um, you know. And every other team, you know, you know, if you have to go to Spain, whatever, you know, this you, you trip down to London is not bad at all. And they will play, I believe, three times in eleven days because it's going to be sandwiched with the uh, league fixture at home. So they're going to be very familiar with each other. And I would, I would argue that that uh, that level of familiarity benefits Pep more than it benefits uh, Pochettino and Spurs. Would be my argument because I think That's he's better right. better at adjusting than his counterpart is. Yep. Well, and and also Tottenham have a lot of injury concerns right now. I think that they're getting healthier, but especially they're not, they're at the not back, deep. they're not a deep team. No, they do not. They cannot match City for depth, which is why. They and City won a are getting healthy. City are getting there, yeah. Um, and hopefully, nothing else. Cross your fingers, <laughs> knock on wood. Nothing else will happen to change that, and they can get everybody back and have more or less a full strength side for the run in because they will need it. Um, Especially if they're going to be in all four competitions. Um, I, I just knocked on every piece of wood in my room. There you go. Well, then um, I wanted to get y'all's thoughts in on the rest of, of the draw. I mean, um, Ajax. Yeah, I say Ajax and let's Juventus. Let's go one by one here. It'll be fun. Okay. Because um, I think we we have time, and I I am in the mood. So uh, we do. Sounds have, good. Uh, Liverpool-Porto is going to be an absolute walk for Liverpool, which pissed me off. I was hoping they would at least be challenged, but they're going to just waltz right through that one. Agreed. Um, I, I, you know, Josh, I'm just assuming you don't object. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can object to the draw, but not the conclusion that comes from it. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't really feel like spending time talking about how Liverpool are going to win. Let's just move on. We know, we know what's going to yeah, happen. We know, we know. Uh, Manchester United Barcelona, which is going to be a fascinating tie, and I'm actually looking forward to seeing Messi play at Old Trafford. I um, I I am in that same boat. I have no thing, idea. It has not happened before because I believe the previous two times these two teams met in the Champions League were both finals. Um, so I don't think that's uh, they, they've met over a two-legged tie. I would favor Barcelona here. I think they. Uh, this is obviously not the greatest Barcelona side in recent memory, but I think they have more about them than United do, and they are in better position to win this tie. Yep. So I actually think it's going to be close. Like I think this could be like three two or four uh, yeah. three over I think both this legs. Be competitive. Yeah. And, yeah. Know, um, but I'm, you know, my inclination, I guess, is to take the team with Messi informed, and as opposed to the team that doesn't have Messi informed. Um, and can't quite match him for over, match the team for overall talent. Yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. I don't, and I don't think that if Barcelona go up early, I don't see them rellenting like PSG did. So no, that's the other thing. PSG too. are Barca, garbage. I, 
Barca won't lose. Barca would if if Barca win the first like two 0 they're not going to get that's not going to turn around at the new camp. Like it's just not P- gonna happen. PSG are fantastic garbage, and I enjoy watching them fail every year. Like it never gets old watching them fail. Yeah. Basically, and this is coming for some as someone who wanted them to not <laughs> unite it out just out of pure tribalism, um, but. Even I couldn't help but laugh a bit at the conclusion of that. Um, so this last one is interesting because if City advance to the semifinals, they will face the winner of this one, and it is Ajax and Juventus. I would have preferred to avoid Juventus because I do think Juventus will come through this tie. They are more disciplined than Real Madrid. They have more steel about them than Real Madrid. They are, I think, a stronger overall opponent as a team unit than Real Madrid, perhaps, if not as talented. What does Real Madrid have to do with it if they're playing... They're playing Ajax, who turned around Real Madrid. Oh, gotcha! Yeah. Uh, So my my point that I'm getting to here is I don't see a repeat of Ajax being able to pull that, because I just think Juventus are more solid, and they also do have Ronaldo. So actually, I think Ajax is going to pull off the upset, and um, I'm just going to say I'm going to say Ajax as much as possible for us this podcast to make up for my horrible mispronunciation earlier. But uh, I actually think that that they are going to pull it off. Um, I mean, look, if I mean Ronaldo had an all-time great uh, hat trick that propelled Juventus into this round, I think Ajax is going, going to be prepared for him. And I don't know Cristiano at this age has that type of back-to-back type performances in him. So I actually think I actually going to pull off a huge upset here. We'll see, though. I'm with John on this one. We, we've had chalk winning pretty much throughout, and that's just not the way the Champions League works. Um, there's almost always an upset of some kind. And I think Juventus are the, the the team most likely to be upset. They're not like it's funny. Juventus fans really want Allegri out. They don't think he knows how to play attacking football. And when Juventus get down, they don't know how to reply. So, regardless of who wins this tie. I think City stand a really good chance against them in the next round if they get past Tottenham. Definitely agree with that. And it pleases me that at least Liverpool will have to go through Barcelona. Barcelona or United. And look, you know, I don't think United will go through that tie, but even if they do... United. Can you imagine a Liverpool-United Champions League semifinal? Oh, yes, I can. Holy cow. Yeah, I, I think United. It would, would get, work I, out for City's advantage too would, if they were able quite, to get through. That would be an emotionally draining tie for everyone involved because uh, Anfield would be out be out for blood, and so would Old Trafford. Um, oh God! I hope it happens now. I would enjoy, you know, I would enjoy it. I would think I would fancy Liverpool to go through, but I would enjoy it as a spectacle. Um, and the fact of the matter well, is, you're going to have to play, like you said, Josh. You're going to have to play somebody good. Anyway, and there would be I would if if I had a guarantee that it would end well, there would be something rather poetic to me about City ending their Champions League hoodoo by beating Liverpool in a final. 
Um, but I'm not going that far yet, and nor should you. No, no, but if that happened, I would throw a can of soda through a wall. Mm-hmm. Like, I would call in sick to the imaginary job that I don't need to call into. Like, I would just take a week off. Anybody who walked up to me, I would just scream the final score of, of City's first Champions League win over Liverpool in their face. Like, it wouldn't matter. They could be, like, asking me to borrow a pen. I think that's acceptable. And, um, and you know, and the, the thing about the overall draw, and this will kind of be my final thoughts on it, is the number one team that I wanted City to avoid is Barcelona. Because I think yep. they are by far the most dangerous team to City left in this tournament. And so the fact that the only way City would play them is in a final fantastic um i think that that the draw overall worked out the best way it possibly could for city avoid liverpool avoid avoid united avoid barcelona go through one of either juventus or ix and then boom you're in the final there you go and uh you know tottenham i don't mean to to discount them but i mean again i'm i'm sorry i just i don't see them being a true threat a threat over two legs right now yeah I, I will say, on paper, you know, I think a City United draw would have favored City, but I'm glad it didn't happen because emotionally I just would not have been able to handle that. Yeah, like agreed. The mere, the mere thought of a two-legged derby in the Champions League just makes me want to hyperventilate. Even yeah, just sitting, I, here, sitting here knowing that it w- couldn't happen until the final and it won't be drawn, I'm still and, like, and ugh. It, it's, it's great, too, because you you know what the potential path is. It's either Ajax yeah. or Juventus if I, they beat Tottenham. I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I actually like that they drew the <clears throat> final at the same yeah, time. Yeah, I do too. I really do. People, there were some people who didn't like that, but I like it. I like knowing what, what the road ahead is. And also, I feel like it's a lot less rigged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, that's a good point. I was I was about... I was gonna, like be fuming if they got like had done it separately i would have expected city to get tottenham and then get liverpool like that's just how i would have figured that they would have drawn it but now thank god liverpool have to deal with united or barca or barca messi at anfield would be a lot of fun too i will say that yep yep certain things just need to happen in, in over the course of a career and, uh, those those are two things that I think need to happen over the course of a Lionel Messi career. Um, this is a really good year for City to possibly win the Champions League. It, like, it really you discussed is. Discussed how wide open it is on this podcast, and how we almost we're almost scared to rate City as a real contender because it doesn't. Mm-hmm. You know, John, I don't know if you agree with this, but it, there, you know, it doesn't feel like it. But at the same time, you take a step back and look at everything. And it's like, well, why shouldn't it feel like it? Oh, no, it definitely does. I mean, Bayern are already out. They were down this year. Real are out. They were down this year. I mean, truthfully, if you ask me right now, the top three, I'd probably say City, Liverpool, and Ajax. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm very down on Juventus as well. I think that, you know, when you're a 30, what, four-year-old Ronaldo reliving the glory days, miraculous turnaround from going out, that just that does not really scare me all that much. So, 
This is absolutely the year. And again, even though we all agree that Barcelona is a team that we want City to to avoid, especially early on, I mean, there's, you know, if they're playing at their peak, sure, but this is not a juggernaut Barcelona squad either. They've had some very weird losses this year. Uh, Regardless the, of who goes through, Liverpool are going to have a tough road to get to the final, and that yeah. works out great for the league race. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a very underrated point overall because, yeah, um, Liverpool don't have the depth that the City do. And if they stick in this thing, they're going to have to play their A team every single game. They can't take it off. Yeah, we've already seen it because their dip in form has not coincidentally coincidentally gone along with uh, Mo Salah dip in form. He has not been performing very well lately, but they can't rest him and they don't have another option. Um, Mane is the one carrying them right now. Um, Mane got them through the Champions League, basically. And any little slip-up by Liverpool, you know, uh, this is probably a good point to transition into point number four, which is the state of the title race, Um, in that essentially Liverpool are not dealing in any margin of error. I don't know if City will win every game left, but I feel like if you're Liverpool, you have to assume they will. Um... Because, you know, you're, you're in a situation where any points you drop, even in a draw, and you run the risk of City going three points clear. And that's basically an extra game because the goal difference is unless Liverpool start absolutely smashing people, favor City. Um, John, I'm curious, would you regard City as the favorites in the title race at this point? I think they have to be considered as the betting favorites. Now, obviously, that doesn't mean that they will absolutely. Yeah, agreed. I mean, I I think that it would be, you know, you get like maybe 1 to 1.5 right now, maybe 1 to 1.2 that City are going to pull it out just because it is only a one-point margin. But as you said, with that goal differential, you know, that, that could play massively down the stretch and, I think the fact that United crashed out of the FA Cup was so beneficial towards the the title race because now City can't afford to make minor substitutions. I don't think Pep is going to just straight up play the youngsters in the FA Cup. But, you know, when you're playing off against Brighton and whoever they're going to face in the champions, you don't necessarily need to really play like Sergio Aguero, for example. I mean, you can bring him off the bench like you had to against Swansea, but you know Gabriel Jesus, he is absolutely uh, fine to play in those games. And then you save Sergio for the Champions League or your tough uh, Premier League games. So, yeah, I think overall looking at it, City are the odds-on favorites right now. I think the biggest stretch coming up will really decide it, where City have to play uh, Tottenham tw- three times over two weeks, whatever it is. And then Liverpool have to travel as well to to face Tottenham. I actually think that the title race will be largely decided by the end of April. And from there, it's basically going to be it after that. There are three games on City's League schedule that scare me. I'm not really worried about any of the home games. They should do Cardiff at home. They should do uh, Brighton's a cup game. Um, I would think they've they've been good against Tottenham at home. And they should do Leicester at home. Um, 
then you look at the last day of the season. Brighton, I think, are going to stay up. Um, I haven't looked at the table, but if if um, well, they're five points clear of relegation, uh, the last relegation spot. If it stays that way, then they will hopefully go into the last day of the season with nothing to play for. That would make City's job easier in that away match. Fulham away, I'm not worried about because Fulham are just so leaky defensively that I can't really see them challenging City, although they did nearly take a point against Liverpool a couple weeks ago. So maybe I'm being overlooking. But the three I'm worried about are Crystal Palace away because that's always tough. Um, Burnley away because that might be a Burnley side that's fighting tooth and nail to stay in the league. And of course, the Derby away because... Frankly, while I think that City are better on paper than all those teams, all um, especially Burnley and especially United will have um, reason to be fighting hard in those games. Although I guess Liverpool, United, if they want to play kingmaker, the sense I get from the United fans is they'd rather see City win it than Liverpool. So who knows? Um, Josh, any change in your assessment of the title race at this point? No, not yet. I mean... Nothing's really happened. Uh, no, no, it's, it's, it's a hard. Yeah. It's hard to. It's hard to change your well, assessment. All at I this know stage. is that, that Fulham gave Liverpool a lot much tougher a time than I expected them to, but the end result was the same one that I was expecting. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to get into the season like just a little bit more, maybe another week, and then I'd have a better picture of uh, what I think may happen in the title race. But right now, it's just. You know, like you said, it's it's City playing relegation-level squads, and, and Liverpool aren't facing too tremendously much of a challenge either. Um, I don't think here in the next uh, little bit. Let me check over them. Um, yeah, I mean, they got Tottenham, so... And, yeah. they do have, and they do have Chelsea, but... I mean, beyond Chelsea, that... Chelsea have been so poor in big away games that I'm not really willing to put much on them. Um, my hope is that Tottenham can go there and give them a, a tough one, give them something real tough. That's coming right up at the weekend. You know, so, you know, if Liverpool come through that game, then you look at the rest of their schedule and it's like, gee, where, where, are, the, where, the, where are the points going to be dropped? It's, you know... Newcastle away. City went there and dropped points, but I wouldn't count on, you know, maybe Newcastle are fighting to stay in the league at that point, too, which might be useful. But Well, and I think overall, it's like Josh um, said, you know, nothing's really changed. The only thing that we know now are the draws for the, for the FA Cup Finals and the Champions League. And that's why I just think that things broke as well as they possibly could for City, because imagine how much tougher... It would be if United had stayed in the FA Cup and City had to play them in the very next round, and then City had drawn Barcelona in the Champions League. I mean, at that point, oof, it, it would be dark. I think. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, so I guess uh, we will obviously be convening at various points throughout the run-in. April is going to be a huge, 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 huge month. And uh, the Burnley game is on my birthday, so no pressure, guys, but you better not screw that one up. Um, let's discuss City on internationals. We had one injury scare. Thankfully, a scare is all it seems to have turned out to be. Um, Leroy Sané taking a rather hack late in the game against, I don't even remember who they played, but 
it was pro eight. Um, the Czech Republic. Czech Republic. And, Czech Republic. And and at least Czech it drew a straight. It drew a straight red. So, I mean, so they're at least, the Premier League refs. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Stomping on someone's ankle gets the appropriate level of discipline. Hmm. Novel concept. Thank God, because... We saw a few instances of that last season that did go unpunished. Yeah, dude, I I saw that, and I was like, oh, blarg. But then, you know, it turned out that Sané was fine. But of course, when you see that, you're like, no, no, no. But Yeah, I mean, those are the... I mean, those are the types of tackles that can end a season and threaten a career. So, I mean, they absolutely should be red cards. I mean, that, you know, credit to the official for being on top of it. They called it. And, you know, Sané, like you guys said, he, he appears to be fine. He had an overall good game. I watched a little bit of that one. Um, I think Germany ended up winning pretty comfortably against an overmatched uh, Czech side. So, you know, it was all, all in all decent showing. So, yeah. No complaints. And Raheem Sterling did a hell of a job. That's the um, uh, really, that's really the only one I know about. Mm-hmm. Um, a hat trick in against someone. Yeah. Uh, the hat trick. Oh my god! I'm I'm just looking at it earlier, and if I wasn't thinking about it, I could remember. But the second goal that Raheem scored was. Whoo, like Italian chef kissing your fingers, good. Like the, oh, the that turn. Was, that was also uh, the Czech Republic. Was it? Okay. He scored. He scored two against Spain. He scored the hat trick against the Czech Republic. I believe that Germany played Serbia. As I look at this now. Oh, okay. Huh. That is okay. Yeah. Well, Eastern yeah. Europe, y'all. Well, shout out we to Slavic peoples. And it's worth noting that Raheem Sterling also won the penalty that Harry Kane put in the net. That's true. Yeah. I mean, he just, I mean, for, for a guy that gets ragged on so much by the British media over there, and they should be absolutely behind Raheem. I mean, he is such a talent. Yeah, it's time for that, them to. It's time for them to stop writing racist crap about this guy and just embrace him and let him let him give this dude some confidence. And it might be amazing to think of what this English team could be capable of doing. Just a thought. Yeah. And I think, too, that, you know, it's interesting that the young English players really seem to all like each other. Like the very first guy after I forgot which goal it was that Raheem scored, but uh, Chilwell came over and gave him a huge hug. And, you know, you can really watch those young English guys. And, man, in the next World Cup, they could even be a bigger threat to win it all, I think, if. You know, if everyone keeps on developing and if, again, it's like you said, Josh, that the media will stop writing racist back hit pieces against him. And, um, yeah, they they are a scary good team. Uh, I think in that game, too, uh, Walker played, I believe. I don't really think he did too much of note. Um, Ex-City player Jordan Sancho, I know, had a decent game. I think he had a couple of good crosses. He assisted Raheem on his first goal, I believe. Um, 
But as far as the city guys, Walker, I, I, Walker Walker played. Yeah, I don't I don't remember seeing anything too much. But I mean, for Kyle Walker in the in the England defensive strategy, if his name never gets called, that means he had a damn good game. So you know, I'm sure he did what he needed to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you guys about, pay attention to this because I don't pay attention to the internationals at this time of year. Well, well truthfully, about, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, truthfully, during this international break, there weren't a whole lot of city guys playing. A lot of them got held out due to injuries or, um, you know, whether or not they just needed to rest or, or whatever. Retired too. We don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Thank you, retired. Yeah. Like, I think, like, Jesus didn't travel to go anywhere, I don't believe. Ademendi didn't. I know Ederson, Ederson played in goal today for Brazil, but that's Who not, cares? not a high-risk proposition. Unless you're playing Liverpool. Yeah. Stones is still – I don't. he didn't even travel with the England team, I don't believe. Laporte's not on a team, which is a travesty in and of itself. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there just weren't a whole lot of City guys out there, which for this point in the season, perfect. <laughs> like, no yep. complaints here. Yeah, exactly. Um, does anyone have anything to add here? To this? Nope. What I was going to say is I think that just about covers everything we had to set out to cover. That was going to be my comment. That's why I let you go first, John. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm making up for, for lost time here. Um, and, uh, you know, I do apologize again, Josh, for, for just butchering uh, your the the, 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 the IX name. So you can uh, everyone listening on this can just get me up on Twitter and tell me what a moron I am for not knowing how to properly pronounce their name. I wouldn't suggest doing that. Maybe just tell John you, you can do better. We believe in you. Do better next time. Give him some helpful encouragement. There you go. All right, yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. But, yeah, it is social media, so, yeah, we'll see. But, but we are going to try and bring the three of us on uh, more often and or rotate it um, so that uh, John is back and doing this. We, <clears throat> we kind of all, <clears throat> excuse me, got away from doing this, but um, – we have recommitted ourselves to to being better and doing it more often uh, and having everyone on. So uh, we thank everyone that's that's actually stuck with us and, and hasn't unsubscribed yet. Uh, we assume you haven't if you're listening to this show. So uh, thank you to everyone who's still stuck with us. And, and we promise more and better. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, right? it, it's. It's always an honor, guys. I really appreciate it. More no is always better. Well, Gray, you want to wind us out of here Let's so we can get on? So I can go be nervous. Um, yep. Uh, we are on iTunes at... Yeah, okay. Collecting my thoughts. iTunes. Search for us. You can subscribe to us on there. Just search for American Citizens. You will find us. We're on Twitter at America Citizens. You can find us there and interact with us and all that good stuff. Um, and we will talk to you again soon. We will take questions soon. We keep saying that. But uh, these things keep coming up on 
getting getting us together can be a challenge, so we just sort of record when we can record. Um, but yes, stay tuned for, for more. The, thanks for listening. You are sponsored as ever by Blog Talk Radio, Spreaker, um, and we will talk to you again very, very soon. So for John and for Josh, I'm Gray. Thanks for listening. Have a good one, everybody.